Okay, Steve. <laughs> I knew I picked right here, but uh, you've been holding out. You've been holding out on me with this big news. Um, big news? What? Yeah, man. Yeah, you didn't tell. You did not tell me when I was scouting you for the podcast. You didn't tell me you were a big deal like this. Uh, I, I mean, I brought my cat to the vet recently, but that's not really big news. No, come on, man. You're being you're being cute and you're being coy right now, but this is huge, and I think it's really it's going to boost the podcast up too. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. What can I say? Are you going to tell everybody? Uh, I, I, I maybe. I gosh, I I wish I could help you here. Are you gonna tell him? You gonna tell him about Smash? You're in Smash. Uh, ah. Did you see the announcement of Steven Smash? I, I just saw the headline. I was blown away. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, buddy, but that's a different Steve. No, <laughs> no, it can't be. You're Steve. I'm Travis. This is the Polykill Podcast, and no. I'm not that stupid, but how cool would it be for Polykill to be in Smash? Wouldn't that be pretty cool? I'd like to see us in there. I mean, at this point, they basically are taking anybody and everybody, so we stand a better shot than we ever have. It is true. It's like I remember when we first got wrestling games back in the Dizay, and it would come with like 12 wrestlers. You'd get your Bam Bam Bigelow. You'd get a big boss man. You'd get a doink uh, or dink. I couldn't keep them straight. And But, you know, there's always that deep part of the roster you always kind of wish was in the game. It just wasn't. But then at some point in the N64 era, they were like, you can just have every wrestler ever. <laughs> and at that point, it was like, that's too many, to be quite honest with you. I would actually prefer there to be several less. But Smash is going that route. They're like, if you want it, you got it. Here, put, put, put this in there. Put that in there. Here's, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine or whatever, or Thomas the Train, whatever his name is. You know, you get everybody in there. I want him to just go full, like, old school Tony Hawk and let us play in Smash as Spider-Man, Boba Fett, yeah. Obama. Like, yeah. just just go crazy with it. You might as well at this point. What was the name of that game? I think it was on Sega Saturn where you could, ju- you could fight as a car. Guardian Heroes? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know, but I always thought that was funny. But yeah, so uh, you're you're in smash in my heart. I would smash you if you were here. Let's just say that. How about that? I appreciate that. I think that'll work. Great, great. Uh, well, everyone, welcome to the show. Um, let's jump right into some games that are right around the corner that are coming on soon. And I got to say, I was a little surprised that this was a series that existed. Remothered? Broken Porcelain? Now, I agree. It sounds like a made-up story about how you were attacked by a toilet. <laughs> uh, I get I get all of that. But I didn't know that remothered was a thing. One, it's not even a word, I don't think. I think you, you get mothered once and then, then you're done. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously not. I mean, they made a game about it. <sighs> That's a good point. When I first saw it, I thought it was like a take on like the Mother series. And I was like, oh, they brought it back. And now it's they're, they're remothering it. Um, but no, that is not true. I didn't know anything about it though. So I looked it up and I, apparently I'd missed, uh, an entry before this one, uh, remothered, uh, tormented fathers. I think they're all about bringing the parents in. You're either remothering or you're, or you're, or you're being mean to a father. I thought you were going to say either the father or the porcelain. Those are the two people you were raised by. That's right. And that's true. 
to be a, to be fair. But yeah, so this is a series that a lot of people, it seems, have likened to the Clock Tower series uh, oh. of the sur- survival horror genre, which I'm I'm interested in. I've not played a ton, to be quite honest, but I'm just interested in it. I like I like the covers usually. Sometimes I get them because <laughs> they look cool. You know, I expect them to not be good games, but I I just think they're they, you know kind of like the movies, the horror movies. I don't expect them to be great, but sometimes they just look cool. So that's where I'm at with this one. I don't know anything about it. It looks cool. Uh, it tormented some fathers. I don't know if I need to go back and play tormented fathers to enjoy some broken porcelain, but uh, uh, my my childhood would suggest that maybe I should. I mean, if it's anything, <laughs> if it's anything like uh, Clock Tower, it could be pretty good. I played Clock Tower three. That one's a pretty fun game. Those all tend to be the type of horror games where you're getting chased by someone and you need to run away and hide, and yeah. there's not really a lot of combat to speak of. So I don't know how well you do with that particular type of horror, but it seems like it could be cool. I mean, I do enjoy the Outlast series, and that's that's it, uh, tit for tat, right there. Just a lot of parkour and and pee in your pants. There you go. Well, <laughs> speaking of games where you're just running and hiding, and you're not actually doing a whole lot of combat, I mean, it's pretty obvious. We're in October. It's the spooky season, so mm. we've got some horror games coming up that we're getting excited about, uh, and one that I am head over heels in love with the fact that this game exists is amnesia rebirth i didn't know this was a thing until one or two months ago i don't know if i missed the announcement or if they just haven't put a lot of money behind the promotion to this or what but the original amnesia dark descent is probably my favorite horror game ever it's definitely the like scariest or one of the scariest games that i've ever played and if i'm taking like the nostalgia of playing old resident evils out i think amnesia probably wins and there's a new sequel hmm. coming out by the same studio that made the first one wow so this and this was years ago right the first one yeah it came out like 2011 or something and there was a sequel to it uh, it's called a machine for pigs but it was made by another studio so this is like the the first official sequel back with the old team and i am dang excited comes out uh october 20th Right on, man. I know our friend uh, Brian Hokey Briz. He he's a big fan of the Amnesia. At least the first one, I know for sure. I don't know if he's if he played the the one with pigs and whatnot, a machine for pigs, which sounds like it. It's like a this sounds like a re-released Nine Inch Nails compendium, <laughs> but that is uh, pretty cool. So, um, and this is one that you know I was going to let you talk about it because I I didn't know anything. You know, I just kind of looked at the list a few minutes ago. I assumed this was going to be um, something that was going to be pretty sweet. So I'm I'm interested in it. I don't know if I need to play the first one. I don't know if you do either, honestly. I'm going in totally blind to this one. I'm saying sequel. It could even be a prequel. I'm not really entirely mm. sure. But it's well, I see Amnesia in the title, and I know that I'm going to end up picking it up. So, I mean, I'm sure... Where do sure... you stand on that in terms of playing things in order, out of order? Are you real picky about it? You get a tight ball hole. I get a tight ball hole on some of it, and I have to talk myself out of it a lot of the times <laughs> because most of the time, you know, and, and I have a whole podcast about it, the stories of these video games a, large, a lot of the time are nonsensical, don't matter, and sometimes they don't even... You know, they don't even flow from one game to the next very well a lot of the time. So where do you stand? It depends on the type of game that we're dealing with. Most of the time, I'm fine starting kind of wherever I start. If it's a game like uh, Metal Gear Solid or something where it's pretty obvious that the story is going to be a big component and it's going to mm. feature the same characters, settings, that type of stuff all throughout, I'll want to start from the beginning. But, I mean, if we're talking Tony Hawk or 
Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie. I'm fine if I play Banjo Tooie first. I'll, I'll understand mm, okay. the Gruntilda lore come Banjo Kazooie <laughs> time. What about some of these uh, some of these bigger RPGs? You know, you've got the uh, the Breath of Fire series, the Dragon Quest, the Dragon Warriors. They get pretty up there in number. Now I know the Final Fantasies don't connect all that much, but is that something you care about, or you just like to play? You know, basically whatever you can afford, given that we're both collectors and know that those could go for a lot of money. <laughs> basically, whatever I can afford. Yeah, I think the first RPG series, like most people, that I got into was Final Fantasy, and since those stories are disconnected outside of a couple of just references to one another i Mm. tend to think of rpgs series as disconnected stories until proven otherwise so if i'm too lazy to do the research i'll probably just kind of hop in wherever i can gotcha cool i need to get that mindset because for now i'm like well what's the first one it's like actually the first (laughs) one came out on the msx 8600 in in 1983 are you going to play that one are you going to play the zork version or do you want to just jump in and have fun on a game that, that's you know out now? So I have to I have to really convince myself that no, I don't have to go in order. It doesn't really matter that much. It's a rabbit hole you can go down to because you can look at something like Near Automata and be like, well, I should play the first Near before that. But actually, the first Near is based on a, one of the endings from the Drakengard series. So I really should play <laughs> Drakengard two. Well, if I'm going to play Drakengard two, I might as well start with the original Drakengard. And before you know it, yeah. like you said, you're you're importing something on some Chinese only <laughs> PC from 1884, 1984. <laughs> yeah, it's on like some type thing. You have to put your foot on a pedal and put a piece of paper in it and kick it and fill it full of diesel. Yeah, something like that from 1884 (laughs) but what else is coming out that you're excited for there's one other that i'm actually excited for i didn't know this was coming out till i pulled up the list here and did a look so there's a roguelike game called scourge bringer and this has been in early access for a while and i've played a couple months ago i played through what they had available so far it's probably three three worlds or so and it's it plays a lot like a rogue legacy or a dead cells that type of thing like a 2D side-scrolling roguelike. I dig that. What I played was early, but it was really solid. They had like pretty good balance of challenges. They had some cool perks and upgrades and stuff that you could get. And it seemed solid. And I just sort of did the thing where I tucked it in the back of my head and said, well, it's an early access game. I'll, in three years, it'll come out officially, if it ever does. Uh, but it seems like it's coming out sooner rather than later. It's launching here at the end of this month. So... I had a lot of fun with it. If you like Dead Cells or Rogue Legacy, check it out. To me, when I see it, when I anytime I see a uh, sort of a 2D platformy retro feely boy, I'm thinking that's going on my <laughs> Switch. It just feels at home on the Switch for me. Is it coming out on the Switch? Ooh, you think that that would be a question I would know the answer to? I'm gonna say probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll just take your word for it then. I'll take that probably all the way to the bank. Okay. Let's put you back in the hot seat. Ooh. You ready? Uh, born ready. Let's do it. Get those supple cheeks ready to plop down on this very, very lukewarm seat. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Link's Awakening or Twilight Princess? Link's Awakening by a pretty hefty margin. Oh, that's saddening. Would you rather eat Mario or share a jail cell with Bowser for one year? How long of a time frame do I have to try to eat Mario? <laughs> you have like one night. That's it. You have to get, yeah. That's well, like. I mean, you can you can dismember him and freeze him, but I mean, you don't have a lot of time to deal with it. He's not, he's going to rot, you know. But is this like the gluttony scene from Seven, where I'm like forced to eat <laughs> Mario until I burst open? 
isn't there like a Monty Python scene where they just keep feeding a guy and he explodes? Yeah. Um, uh, I would say, I mean, you could, you know, a, a few weeks you can chow down on him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of other moral complications, but I think I'm going to eat Mario. I'm not going to give up a year of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in a jail cell with Bowser. You know, he doesn't have any manners. He's clogging the toilet all the time. <laughs> I mean, he's been getting friendlier as time's gone on, but he's probably still not a great roommate. You have a good point. How many tattoos do you have? I have two or four, depending on how you group them. I have the three starters uh, from Pokemon, Squirtle, Charmander, Bulbasaur, and I have Sandshrew. And then I also have a Cactar from Final Fantasy. Nice. I don't know what any of that is. <laughs> Least favorite U.S. state? Uh, Virginia. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but Butterfinger or Payday? Um, they're both like middling to low candy options, but Butterfinger is like actually bad. So I'm gonna go with Payday. <laughs> Dude, I'm with you. I actually, I picked the my the two candy bars I, I hate the most just to see what you would do. I I always wanted Butterfingers as a kid because Bart Simpson just was good at selling them. I'm like, I'm gonna be cool like Bart Simpson. I'm gonna get a Butterfinger, man. And then every time I would get one, it would be like five hours of me trying to open my mouth again because they would make my teeth stuck together. I fucking hated that. Yeah, it's sawdust that turns into like melted cotton candy. It's just awful. I mean, good luck trying to get your mouth back open again, and good luck taking a bite out of one and it not exploding everywhere. And just get it in your underwear, down your shirt, in your shoes. <laughs> Heaven help you if you have any kind of crowns or fillings or anything, because those puppies are coming right out. Man, how many dentists are just out there right now with a chisel and a, and a tack hammer trying to just chip away at some Butterfinger on the inside <laughs> of a poor kid's filling? Probably up to seven or eight. Yeah, four out of five dentists, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I saw a funny tweet that was like, we need to find that one dentist that just doesn't approve of toothbrushes, because it's always like nine out of ten. There's like that one dentist who's like, nah, (laughs) not going to do it. That's horseshit. Get that out of your mouth. All right. So what games are we playing now? And I think I can go ahead and run through everything I have to say here pretty quickly. And uh, the reason is a lot of well, some of the stuff that I put a lot of time in is going to be down in the beats. But you know, I'm still working on on Dark Cloud too. You know, still plugging away on that. We're 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 sunsetting. We're there toward the end. We're on the home stretch, I think. Uh, and I've been sinking just a little bit of time into that as I go. But I did get over a big hurdle in Vandal Hearts. I was excited about mm. that because I, I think I told you last time. You know, we talked about this how you, you know in one of these uh, tactical strategy games. It just opened up the map, and as soon as I saw how many dudes were on there and how cornered I was, I was like, "Nah, nah, this is <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be some trial and error," and it was. And it took me a long time. And I just wanted to point out that I think for some reason this game, like the first uh, two three chapters, have been you know a pretty maintainable quality to the point that you know I wasn't breezing through it, but it was comfortable. Like. I felt pretty good about the decisions I was making, and, and some of the matches were a little bit close, but most of the time I was like, damn, I'm awesome, man. This is great. <laughs> I'm a really good strategist. I should be a war general. But the last couple have made me rethink everything I know about video games. My life almost turned my PhD back in. Like, they're really, it's getting steep. It's getting pretty tough. Um, so I'm, I'm struggling a, a little with it now, and I'm only a little over halfway through, so I'm worried that what I thought would be a, 
you know, it's a, I've heard that it's a shorter game. It only takes 17 hours to get through according to how long to beat. I'm afraid it's going to be one of those 17 hour games that take me about 80 hours to actually uh, nail down. So uh, that's the update on Vandal Hearts, but I'm still enjoying it. That's the thing. I, I love that style of game because when it's kicking my ass, I'm still having fun because I'm learning as I'm losing and it just builds and builds and builds. But there is, there's a lot of setback, which is, can be frustrating. Mm. But uh, I have now committed to playing Mario Maker 2. I picked that up and I'm going through the campaign right now and I'm hoping I can uh, maybe engage with a few people and play, play some uh, Mario Maker 2 uh, levels that people make. So, hey, if you made one you want me to play, let me know. I'd, I'd be happy to, to play around with whatever you make. I might make some stuff. Definitely I'll put a wiener in it or something because you know how I am, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Do you have the maker gene in you? So when you play something like that, do you get a bunch of ideas that you plan on building levels for, or are you, are you there to play them? Yeah, I kind of like, you know, anytime uh, there's a game that has like a campaign mode and a sandbox mode, I usually go straight to the sandbox and start playing around. Oh, wow. Um, but this one I wanted, you know, there's credits at stake, and I have a podcast about beating games to uphold. So I did want to run through the campaign, which is pretty sizable. It seems it's a it's a decent little campaign, bunch of level, bunch of Mario levels, kind of remixed together that you got to play through. So that's pretty exciting. But uh, I do want to get in there and uh, and build a few levels. I, I like that stuff. Anytime there's a game like that, I always. Uh, my natural inclination is to just play the campaign and not do any of the creator type stuff. Mm. But I always get this like little burst of momentum where I say, you know what? No, I'm going to go check this out. I'm going to, I'm going to make a level. It's going to be fun this time. And I get to that blank page and I draw like the first line of blocks at the bottom to make a level and that's it. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I'm so tired. I just want to play something that somebody else made. And I immediately turn it off and never go back. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I do. I think it is a little bit better if you have some friends that you set on um, sort of trading that stuff with. Because back when uh, we had the Wii U going around and everybody was playing that old Wii U, I had a group of buddies that uh, were really into trading levels. And that sort of inspired me to get in there and do it more than maybe I would have otherwise. So and I, I guess that's why I'm soliciting people if you want to, you know, I know it's a two-year-old or however, you know, it's pretty old. I'm kind of late to the bus stop, but... If people want to jump in there, I'd be good to, I'd be happy to play along. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, anything else that you're working on playing through? You know, that's, that's all right now, I think. Well, I think, I think the beats will speak for themselves when you get down there then. I think so. But I'm going through a couple here. We, uh, the, this first one is actually pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, so it's, we're, we're in October, as I said, you know. It's spookiness in the air, and I've been playing through some horror stuff, trying to kind of dedicate at least the streams to horror games and playing horror stuff where I can, because now's the time. But sometimes you want to stay in that Halloween lane, but you just don't want to be scared anymore. Like, you just need a night away (laughs) from being scared. I hear you. But you don't want to, like, admit to yourself that you're going to play a non-scary game, so you find something that that qualifies as Halloweeny, And that's what I did here. I've been playing through Muppet Monster Adventure. This is on PlayStation 1. This is a straight Spyro clone, but with Muppet characters on PS1. Like it, it's an amazing game, and I'm having a ton of fun with it. But man, is it not subtle about the way that it apes <laughs> Spyro. The first level, we were looking at it, and I was like, this could just be the, a level directly out of Spyro. Like, this could be a mod where they swapped the character hmm. model out. Um, I, I mean, is it the same publisher or developer or anything? No, I don't think it's Midway. Just a complete ripoff. Okay. I don't, I don't know what it is. But you play as Robin. I don't know how well you're versed in the Muppets world, but Robin is apparently Kermit's nephew, son, a, wow. adopted, I, illegitimate child. 
He's, no he's small Kermit with no neck, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got this, like, ray gun that he shoots that just so happens to shoot in the exact distance and arc of Spyro's fire breath attack. And then you also have a spin attack, which is a lot like Crash Bandicoot's spin attack. That, Interesting. That charges through enemies. You're collecting these little star icons that have the same colors and reward you in the same currency amounts as the gems from Spyro. You go through like somewhat linear levels collecting four or five like objective-based tokens in the same way you do in Spyro. So I was wow. really excited because Spyro is, that was like my platformer on PS1. I love that, especially Spyro 2. So I I didn't know that, that this game was so Spyro inspired. I just knew that it was a platformer. And when I started playing it, I was like, it's like there's a Spyro game that I never knew existed on the friggin' platform. So cool. Yeah, that's really nuts. I get what you're saying, though, about wanting to stay in the get Halloween vibes without getting super spooked, you mm-hmm. know, because I've been doing that lately with my movie selections. It's like I want a dark comedy that's sort of rooted in Halloween. Yeah, I don't I, I don't really you know, I just don't maybe it's maybe it's because it's an election year or something like that. I don't know. I just feel like my my sensitivities for just being real bummed out and scared aren't great right now so i totally get that so muppet monster adventure is one of those you you put it in the discord and you said hey guys i'm playing this tonight and i saw that cover and i'm continually blown away by (laughs) how many ps1 games are out there that i had no idea existed and even just by that cover sure it's it's muppet adventure you know muppet monster adventure whatever Mm -hmm. i was lured in i'm like that was fucking cool like, I, you know, I would totally play that. And I, I heard you mention in the stream, uh, I think it was that stream, you're like, you know, people were talking to you about games and you're like, you know, I don't mind a little bit of jank. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I feel that. I feel that because I feel like a lot of those games, you know, I don't want to overuse the the term um, from Metal Jesus, our Lord and Savior about <laughs> hidden gems. But, you know, there, there's a lot to appreciate about those games, maybe more so now than there was then, because back then maybe the glaring... Um, apage so to speak of of spyro and crash would have been a huge turnoff but today that helps it remain somewhat endearing and playable exactly and that's actually a really good point you know in its moment in its time when those games are the the freshest new of the new you don't notice or you might be more sensitive to the slight differences the slight ways that this one's a little harder to control a little weirder but now 20 years on you go back and you're just like Man, this is hitting like eight out of ten of the notes from <laughs> yeah. Spyro, and then it's got two out of ten of its own thing. Even if that's a little janky, that's freaking cool. Yeah, I'll take a little jank. Yeah, I like a little bit of jank, to be quite honest with you. I don't know why. I just I like a little bit of imperfection in things. I think it makes it very interesting. I kind of do too. I I think that finding weird stuff and like putting up with like the weird design choices can be fun in its own way. And watching speedruns is only like exaggerated that in my head because they they run with jank to the nth degree right so oh yeah they they're out there for jank because without jank they have to play the whole game (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, no kidding uh tell you what game is not janky though that i've been playing a lot of and that is hades this is a beautiful game another roguelike just like i was mentioning before uh and i think this is the one that a lot of people are playing right now but for anyone unfamiliar it is by the same developer that did Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, and it is a level-based, very combat-focused roguelike um, that is set on like the 
the story background of Greek mythology. So you play as the son of Hades, and you're trying to essentially escape the different levels of the underworld to get back to the surface. And along the way, you're helped by the different Greek gods, Zeus and Poseidon and all of those. And they'll give you boons that are just like adjustments to your ability and stuff. But it plays super, super well. It's got like tons of unique dialogue. What's what's really cool mm. about this one is they they understand that it's a roguelike and they built their story into like that framework. So sort of like Rogue Legacy. So yeah, just like Rogue Legacy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. I like that though. I mean, I, I like that there's an excuse that you're dying over and over again and it's built in exactly and it it fits the the story itself like when you die and come back because you're a god you're immortal you're just going to be resurrected back at the bottom they'll talk to you about it and be like "Mm, couldn't make it past those spear wielding skeletons this time could you well i'm sure maybe you'll get them next time you know such is the life of a god and they keep adding in all these different uh mechanics it's that every single run basically they're introducing some new weapons some new modifier some new currency you can collect it's like it's a very robust game, and it has a really well-made onboarding ramp. That's cool. Yeah, I've I've heard some I've heard some hoopla about it, so uh, it's sounding better and better all the time. I uh, I was able to do what I thought was I thought this was going to be in the beat section because I, I I did what I thought was the criteria to beat it, and then you turns mm. out that uh, nope, they're smarter than me, and they've even designed more systems on top of what i thought was the whole game so i still have a ways to go to hit that sweet sweet beat but we're getting close now were you disappointed when you didn't when you got um blue balled there on the old beat for a hot second i was because it was like the the i've made it to this boss a bunch of times and i like finally made it through and this was my push through to victory and i had the that like rush of nerves exiting your body and i was like oh yeah show me the credits <laughs> give, give me my victory lap and then when i didn't get them i was like oh no but then of course the game is really smart about both narratively and mechanically hooking you right back in and being like no you're gonna want to keep going and i was like yeah, I do want to keep going. So I'll definitely keep playing. Very cool. Sometimes when I get blue balled like that, it's it's hard for me to forgive it. I mean, I'm going to keep going because I came that far, but it's like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of getting blue balled. I, I got, <laughs> yeah, all right. I got nothing. Good job. The last, Good job. <laughs> the last one I'm playing is Crash 4. And the most I can say about this game is damn is this a good crash bandicoot game if you like crash bandicoot you'll like this it it seems like a real there's probably a less stereotypical phrase but it feels like a real love letter to anyone that enjoys crash bandicoot um or if you played the insane trilogy and like you enjoyed that for any reason beyond just the nostalgia of seeing crash bandicoot again this is a perfect follow-up to that Nice. Yeah, I, I just I'm still hooked on those screenshots. It just looks so good. So, it, how does it look in motion oh, playing it? Does it is this, it as good? This game has some quality to it that I don't fully understand, but it is so freaking beautiful. Like it I mean, there's tons of games out there that, you know, run at whatever resolution or run at 60 frames per second, but there's something about I don't know if they have some kind of filtering going on or what, but it it looks just phenomenal in motion it is super super pretty one of the better looking games on ps4 honestly it's it's awesome great yeah i was i was hoping hoping that maybe one day it'll come over to the switch because that's where i played the trilogy and that'd be fun but uh you know i mm, 
Might as well get it on the PS4 or Xbox One, you know? Might as well get it and play it. I, yeah, I think there was some rumors, you know, classic game rumor where some Belgian retailer's website put up a listing for a Switch version for four hours and then took it down, but somehow the internet caught it. So it's possible it's coming, but it's good enough where I'd say, yeah, if you're interested, just pop on PS4 and then double up later if you really want to. Never trust the Belsh. They're out <laughs> to get us. Never trust them. I think it's Belsh. I think that's how you say it. Uh, very cool. Yeah, that's one I'm, I'm very interested in. So in, in the you know in the time that you've spent here telling me about all the games that you're playing, you've sold me on just about all of them. So now I have more games on my backlog. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Happy to provide. Yes. Let's plug ourselves, shall we? It's my favorite part of the show. Feels good. <laughs> if you like what you're hearing so far, please be sure to check us out on our website at polykill.com for more shows not just more polykills we know you we know you know how to find those you found this one but you can also find drunk friend there alex and i from snes drunk have interviews with other creators there's also off kilter steve was just on an off kilter and i know you like steve so now you gotta go <laughs> listen to that off kilter it's pretty cool it's 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 a, it's a good fun episode uh, there's also the brand new PD's Power Hour. Our friend Michelle put together a very informative and interesting podcast where she talks about the different alcoholic beverages from around the world. She has a guest on. She's she's very educational about it. It's very funny. It's very fun. Uh, it was an honor, honestly, to be a part of, and I think it's a very good show. I'm very excited for it. And I have to plug Tales of the Lesser Medium. We just had a new season drop uh, last week about the uh, Tomb Raider series, the classic Tomb Raider series. And if you're unfamiliar, Caleb J. Ross and I run through those. We make a ton of fun of the stories, of the narratives. We do character skits. We do all kinds of stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm really proud of it. So hopefully everyone checks that out, listens to it, and has a good time doing so. Yeah, and I just want to give one extra shout out to Petey's Power Hour because I'm not much of a drinker myself, and I have loved every episode that's been put out for that show. The way that it's written is, like, very informative, very, very sharp, and it's, like... It, it's interesting, even if you don't have any immediate interest in the beverages themselves, at least going mm. in. Very cool. Cool. But if you'd be so kind, you can help out that show or our show by rating and reviewing it wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. That always helps us out, as well as telling a friend. Yes, tell a friend. If you have friends. If we're your only friends... Don't tell us. We already know about it. But tell, make a new friend and tell that friend. Uh, Polykill also has a Patreon. You can visit patreon.com forward slash polykill. Find a tier that works for you there if you're interested in helping out the show. You can get some early access to some stuff that we create, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And if you'd like to reach out to the show, you can do so via email at polykillpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Yes, please reach on out. We got a we got a pretty good email there. We'll we'll have to figure out how to fit that in a show at some point. We got a pretty good email there from our friend Top Spot. Shout out Top Spot. Yes. Uh, that we'll be we'll be processing and uh, maybe uh, maybe discussion a little bit down the line. But for today, this is like I feel like this is where we both go on trial. It's like okay, you had two weeks. What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> I I feel the same. What is that bad? Yeah. Is that do we have like a confrontational co-host relationship here? Because I do. <laughs> when I put them in, I do want to to win. Is that petty? Really? Okay. Well, you know, I think, and not to throw my previous co-host under the bus, but for years, all I did was win, 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 win. <laughs> so now, all I want to do is I don't. I'm not really concerned with winning. I just want you to not uh, be ashamed of me. 
<laughs> like, see, I be almost as many as you is what I say as I type them in. So um, I just want I just want you to love me. That's all. First off, I beat a game called Virginia. Now earlier you had some disparaging remarks about my home state, and I didn't really appreciate it. It's a fine state. It's just fine. But this video game came out in 2016. It's uh, it's of the uh, well, what people would derogatorily probably refer to as a walking sim, but I think we've rebranded it as a first-person experience. It's definitely one of those. Mm. And I got to the end of that game, and all I could think was, "What? What just happened? <laughs> what just happened here? What? What just took place?" And so it's supposed to take place in rural Virginia, and I grew up and live in rural Virginia, so I was like, "Sweet, this is gonna be great." And uh, but it's just the story was just so disjointed. It was so hard to follow. Basically, it's just little <clears throat> maybe vignettes is the way to describe hmm. it where, you know, you're you're in control. But, you know, you, you, the only actions that you have or whatever's available, you can the only button you need the whole time is the left stick and the and the A button. And you can only press the A button basically when you get a prompt, you know, you you scan the, the area and it's like, oh, looks like I can pick this thing up and look <laughs> at it. That's about all you can do. So it's there's not a whole lot of engagement, but the stories are played out in such a way it's kind of interesting there's no voice acting there's a lot of characters but everything really is played out sort of in mood or action so you have Hmm. to interpret a lot of what's going on just by kind of how it feels like hmm that person looks upset or it looks like oh what did why did i do this thing what what because there's no nobody's chiming in to say this is good or bad so you're just kind of left um to decide on your own and yeah, it's it's all very sort of mundane, but it skips around a lot, and it seems like it goes it forward in time and you know back in time, and so it was it was really discombobulating. It's something that I really should have focused more on as I was playing it, but I didn't know what I was getting into. This is this is one that I've been interested in a while. You seem like you're kind of riding a line between having enjoyed it and not, and that probably hinges on the story. So you say it's a little discombobulated. Is it? well told in the end if you did sit down and think about it or yeah see i think that's that's kind of the issue i'm having like i enjoyed it and i thought it was interesting like i was hooked the whole time because not once did i want to give up because it didn't make any sense i wanted more answers and then it just kind of ends and it ends with um there's sort of a branching uh, path at the end where you assume one ending is right and the other one is uh not real Hmm. and i guess it's kind of up to you to decide which one so i even looked it up after you know, I when it was all over, I usually do this with any game I play. It doesn't have to be one that made me feel <laughs> stupid like this one did. I usually will, you know, even after a movie, I'm like, did I get that right? Okay, very cool. Uh, was it Ace Ventura? It was Ace Ventura the whole time. Good, I thought so. <laughs> I thought he was the guy. So anyway, I was uh, I went and looked it up, and it seemed, it seemed like a lot of the people that were trying to explain it also were like kind of confused about the ending too so and, and I, I don't think that's bad I don't, I don't think it's bad for for a game to kind of leave you to make up your own mind but I, I don't know if that's how i enjoy narratives like that because it was a mystery that they never even touched on you're supposed to be finding this boy that's missing but it's sort of an interpersonal relationship between you and a co-worker that you work with at the fbi and at the end i'm like what happened to the boy did we find the, there's still a boy missing so it just kind of left a lot of things unresolved but i was interested the whole time and that's that's the thing like i think it's 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 pretty engaging and pretty fun i just don't know about the story maybe i missed something i don't know but uh it wasn't very concrete to me as to as to who was what and what was going on i don't mind a vague ending but uh that's because i like i'm fine just having enjoyed the journey 
but it sounds like even the journey is a little discombobulating, a little confusing. So uh, still one that I'm interested in checking out, but maybe I'll tuck it under a couple other of these first person experiences. I can't imagine super long, a couple hours based on just the genre. A couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's well made. It's well done. I think there is, there's a quality to how it's able to pull it all off without any voice acting. Like there is a story being told. And honestly, it was, there was like an hour that went by before I was like, wait, no one said anything. So it's really cool in that way. I think it's pretty neat, but, uh, man, I'm just too daft for that story to get through. Sounds interesting all the same. Real quick, I'll blaze through one of mine and get to the other. We did finally (laughs) hit that beat on Soul Blazer. Thank you for catching that, by the way. Oh, blaze through it. It was very good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing really to say that I haven't said on previous episodes other than just one last nudge for everyone to go play this game, or at the very least, pull up the soundtrack on YouTube while you're working, people. It's it's phenomenal. Really good ending. They uh, They did something that I like a lot in games, but I think maybe isn't always super popular with people, where they make you feel super empowered in the ending. They give you some abilities and some equipment and stuff where you you just feel cool as you're going through that last dungeon as you're going through that last fight in this case they give you this like crazy phoenix fire attack that is finally like a screen crossing attack like you've never had before and it just uh, just it, it came to exactly like the right crescendo the perfect conclusion that i wanted it to so good stuff very good i'm so happy you enjoyed it i I kind of, you know, I don't know you that well, but I kind of knew you Mm. would just because it's such, you know, it's a game that I have a really hard time explaining to people why I like so much because I feel like it kind of hits the middle of the road in terms of maybe graphics or, uh, you know, in in terms of the the action RPG piece of it. You know, there are games that do certain things better, but you put all of it together with some of its other systems and the story and the music and, like you said, how it kind of all comes together at the end. And it just hits top five for me on the on the Super Nintendo every time. It's just so yeah, good. It's real good. I know what you mean. It does have that look, you know, looks more like an early Super Nintendo game. A lot, lot more mm-hmm. like a, yeah. a Seventh Saga than a Final Fantasy VI or a Chrono Trigger, right? Sure. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But another one that I've been, and the rest of these are all going to be scary games because it is scary season, although this first one was not too scary, is Among (laughs) the Sleep. So this is a horror game where you play as a baby, really more like a two-year-old. Whatever the, you can tell me as someone with kids, whatever the youngest age that you can reasonably walk around on your own is, but you also would be put into a crib. That is, that is the Uh, age range. That could be a year. You could do a year. Okay, so you play as a one-year-old in this game, and (laughs) immediately it starts out, you know, you're being carried around by your mom, you're put into your crib, and this teddy bear comes to life and starts talking to you, which is weird and, and creepy, and then it just goes in all these weird directions, you like escape the house and you start going through like haunted forests and all these like weird like machinery and and things like that and it's kind of balancing that line between telling a literal scary story and using scary stuff as a metaphor for like what this kid would be encountering in their family life it just it just didn't quite land for me not not Mm. scary it's cheesy a lot there's like one or two times where i got scared but it's just because i got surprised by something i mean it literally didn't matter what was on the screen it could have just been a, a white square jumped out and a loud sound played and I would have been surprised because <laughs> a loud sound played, right? Right. But uh, it, it was a, it's a cool concept and it's it's worth checking out. It 
it is jank, but it's maybe just a little bit too jank. I think it's dirt cheap, though, and I think that for a couple hours of your time, just the concept is novel enough to to at least look up a video or something, but didn't didn't quite hit for me. So it's it's only a couple hours long? Yeah, I was able to get through the whole thing in a single stream, so it's like a two, wow. two and change, maybe. I might put that on the list, but you know what's funny? Long time ago, in the early, early days of Polykill, back when it was in black and white, <laughs> uh, Jake and I, we actually did, and it might still be on YouTube, a, that was the first ever thing that my face was ever on a YouTube video for, which was we did a quick let's play of like the first 30 minutes of Among the Sleep. Really? Yeah, and uh, I think it's I thought it was actually pretty funny, but I, I think just about anything I do is funny, and which is why I'm <laughs> miserable and have no friends. But the uh, it was actually you know because the whole concept of the game is just ripe for riffage because it's yes. ridiculous at, at every turn. So we had a lot of fun with that. But yeah, that's like six years old. That's like a super old, goofy video. I wonder if it's still up. But um, but yeah, among the sleep, good times. It's a game made for a riff tracks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else are you working on here? I'll save my last one. Oh yeah. Um. So, I finished Yoshi's Crafted World, and I don't have a ton to add, but you know, because I talked a little bit about it last time, it's just tilt shifted Mario. It's all it boils down to. Pretty fun overall. I do think though the the aesthetic of that Crafted World lost its charm after a while. I think I was pretty sick of it at some mm. point. I, I don't know what that says about me. I, I guess I just get burned out on cute things. I do still love my daughter, so maybe it's <laughs> hopefully it's not a universal truth for me. But uh, I was pretty ready for the whole game to be over, not too far from the ending. So I don't know if that makes it a perfect length or not. But but yeah, I mean, it's okay. It, I think it hits middle of the road in terms of like modernized uh, Mario adjacent experiences. But the biggest drawback for me was the music. I, I think Nintendo, I mean, I know Nintendo could do better. I wasn't very impressed with the soundtrack, but, you know, do you play a Yoshi game for the soundtrack? I don't know. Typically, Nintendo will send you a bopper, you know, so I don't know. That's, uh, I I had a similar experience when I played through, and sometimes I wonder, there's like a, two conflicting philosophies going on in my head. I want like a real casual, real easy game to just unwind with and, and enjoy. But if that goes on a little too long, the part of me that is like addicted to getting another beat and moving on to the next game and like beat, 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 that part starts to fight me. And I wonder if it's just a little too long and it exits out of that comfort stage and into that. All right, let's let's go. It's time to I need to get on to the next game. I know. I think I think you kind of nailed it there. It's like I, I was really looking because, you know, I have two other big ones in the oven, so to speak, with Dark Cloud 2 and, and Vandal Hearts, and they're kind of kicking my ass. So I was like, let's play some Yoshi's Crafted World, relax a little bit, and, and bit, bop, boop, get through some, some you know, play some cardboard Yoshi or whatever, be fun. But at some point, I was like, ugh, I need to go do something else. But I, I was so invested. I was like, but I also need to get rid of this. So, yeah, I, I see what you mean, and I, I think that's true for me, too. Mm. Uh, I'll go ahead and do my last one, though, because I think your your last one is going to be a little bit more interesting uh, to hear about, but I I went back. You know, we we lost uh, we lost Eddie Van Halen um, over the past couple weeks here, and you know I was never the biggest uh, Van Halen fan personally, um, but they played on the radio a ton growing up. I feel like anytime I was in my sister's Trans Am, and I think all Trans Ams just come with Van Halen already <laughs> installed, but you know it was always blazing. So I mean I know all the words, all the songs. So it's like I didn't even have to be a fan; it was just all around me. But I went back to the Van Halen Guitar Hero for Wii, and I think it was the only one 
that I had not played of that. You know, I don't think I played the first couple Guitar Heroes, but once they got to Guitar Hero 3 and then they started sending out all of the uh, the band-adjacent ones or the band-endorsed ones, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I started playing those. So the Aerosmith one, the Metallica one. Uh, actually, I don't think – I think there's a Beatles one I didn't touch, and that will probably remain untouched. But the, um, the Van Halen one was one I had not played, and uh, I liked it a lot. I mean, it's, you know, it's your standard – Guitar Hero stuff. I'm playing Van Halen songs, but it was fun to go back and play some Guitar Hero. I'm not going to lie. It probably been about four or five years at least since I had uh, broken it out and it didn't take long for the fingers to get warmed up and kicked it up to hard and ran through. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, it was basically by myself, just headbanging along with the cat. We were enjoying it. So it was, it was good. I, uh, the, the Van Halen connection makes sense now. I was, I was excited when I saw it because in my life, Guitar Hero games are having like this little bit of an unexpected comeback because the so a brief aside that is relevant. I have a machine, an arcade dance machine for the game in the groove in my house, which is just mm. a equivalent of Dance Dance Revolution. And one of the best players of that game was the same guy that was the first person to full combo through the fire and flames way back in the day in guitar hero 3's heyday like he's just a savant at all rhythm games that's crazy and just recently on twitch he went back to guitar hero 3 because he's looking for something else to play so a bunch of the dance game rhythm players have all like gotten the bug from watching him to go back and play and then that coupled with um, I mentioned on a previous episode that I've been just clearing stuff out of the house recently. Part of that involved pulling a bunch of stuff out of our the crawl space under our stairs, which included a bunch of old Guitar Hero guitars, drum sets, stuff like that. So I was hooking up some of those, seeing if they worked and stuff. And, you know, you you plug it in, you get addicted, you play a couple more songs than you need to to test it because yeah. it's a good time. So. Uh, maybe there's something in the air. It's it's 2020 is a good year for Guitar Hero, I think. I guess so. And th- didn't they try to make a comeback here not too long ago that didn't go well? Yeah, Guitar Hero and Rock Band both had their like yeah. re- revival tour that didn't really stick. I mean, for me, all you have to do, like, I don't need, like, new, they don't need to do, like, a new flashbang technological upgrade of of what they had before. Just, you know, send send out one that's basically the same as the ones from 2010 and uh, (laughs) let me put my own music on it. Let the community go wild on it, which I know they had back then, but that's all they really need. Just keep it evergreen because as I was playing the Van Halen one, I was noticing, you know, this came out, that one came out in 2009 and there are some more modern, you know, it's not all Van Halen, right? So there's, Hmm. there's other songs on there, but the most modern thing was from like 2007. And I was like, dude, it'd be cool to get some, get some tracks on here that that came out recently that I'm into to, to just to play some of those. Cause I do have fun. And like you said, like I plugged it in and cause I haven't, you know, it's a Wii game. I have it playing on my Wii U. You know, it's just, I was like, okay, I got to get it set up because I want to play through this uh, here in a couple nights. And uh, I just started playing it right then because I'm like, all right, let me test it out. Let me see if the batteries still work. Okay, it looks like the timing's good. All right, let's play another song. Let's play another song. We're sitting here. <laughs> We're sitting here. Let's play another song. Let's crank it. Let's see if we can get the volume up. And yep. I played through like 30 songs that night. So just testing it. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's crack. That's awesome. I'm super happy to see that on your list. Yeah, man. All right, last one I got going here, another horror game. It's called Made of Skur. So I went into this puppy totally blind. In like uh, August and September as we were ramping up to October, I knew that I was going to dedicate my streams to all horror games. And 
PS4 is one of the easiest consoles for me to stream. So I just started scooping up any horror game that I could find for, you know, 20, 25 bucks or less. And Metasker sort of just kind of got like scooped up in that in that pile. And I randomly decided to pop it in. And this game like kind of blew me away a little bit. It's really, really? solid. Uh, it it plays first person horror, very similar actually to Amnesia, which we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a lot of you sneaking around and trying to avoid enemies that are patrolling in the it's, it takes place in a like dilapidated hotel. And Ooh. and kind of the hook all the enemies have is that none of them can see. It's all sound based. And so you have a dedicated button for your character to like block your mouth and, and hold your breath so that they can't hear your breathing. And, you know, if you walk over a creaky floorboard, they'll pay attention to that. Or if you bump into a vase on a shelf, they'll hear that. Um, if you walk by a, a fire, your character will cough as they inhale smoke and that'll pull enemies to you. Oh. So... You're doing a lot of sneaking, a lot of staying really quiet. And then, yeah, it just kind of has this really interesting story about this, like, hotel that succumbed to what is not immediately clear if it's some kind of curse or some sort of madness or mm-hmm. or maybe something more real world. And it, it was just, I don't know, it was scary. It was entertaining. It was like a tight five to six hours that I was gripped Ooh. the whole way through. It, that I like. I like that time right there. It it was really really good. I I feel like this one this is a sleeper. I would not be surprised if this game ended up on at least on physical copies of it ended up as like the this generation's Kuan or Rule of Rose, the horror game that time oh, forgot yeah. and then went up ten times in price. Um, <laughs> but that that said, I do think it's on Game Pass if you have that and you're interested. I think someone mentioned oh, yeah. that to me. Yeah, I think, man, that's another one. You're good at selling games to me, man, because <laughs> this this fits the, you know, it fits the month vibes. It fits the time window I'm looking for for a game like this. Mm-hmm. I usually like to play my scary stuff with my boy Brian. You know, we like to share yeah. a couch. We we usually take turns uh, peeing on ourselves and peeing on each other. Uh, the second part's not related to fear. And <laughs> we have a lot of fun doing that. But, um, you know, COVID and whatnot. And that list is just huge of games that we want to get together and play. So this is one I kind of, you know, it's in the moment. It's out now. It's fresh. It just came out with the summer. Yep. Uh, I might I might jump into this, man. So I guess everyone will just have to be disappointed that I keep talking about this game here in a couple weeks. But I, I think this is one that I, I want to play pretty soon. No, I'd love to hear your, your feelings on it because I... As of now, I feel like I'm kind of the only one in the room shouting about this. So I'd like to hear if I just, okay. for whatever reason, am, am vibing on it too hard or if it is that good. I mean, it's basically Resident Evil meets Amnesia, which is win-win in my book. So, Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I just – I was curious because Made of Skur is um, – I would say, like, that's the worst name for a video game if it's not based <laughs> on something. And it turns out that it is actually uh, based on a novel by R.D. Blackmore, published in 1872. It unravels the mystery of a foundling child washed ashore upon the coast of Glamorganshire. So, I don't know if that fits into what you're playing, but uh, it's based on some some property, or at least borrows the name. Uh, without reading the book, I can't tell if there's a connection. Depending on what 
becomes of that child that washes ashore, it's very possible that there is a connection. Hmm. We will find out. Cool. I'm sure. I'm sure. Very cool. All right. Well, let's see what everyone else has been beaten because, you know, <laughs> we got three apiece. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, let's jump right into, I guess we'll cover some poly killers here. We got a poly killer running up, runner up. No stranger to the list around here. This guy, the disposed hero. See him every now and again. Happy to see him back with a bunch of beats. He's got Guardian Heroes, Costume Quest 2, Castlevania Harmony of Dissidents. Very good game. The Division 2 Warlords of New York. We uh, have our poly killer here, and it's who you expect, or is it? It is, in fact, not. It's Frantic Society. Oh, my God. He beat Moss. Emily is away. Before I forget her story, Hold Down, Tony Hawk, <laughs> Monument Valley, Monument Valley 2, Kids, Spring Falls, and Genital Jousting. Okay. All right. <laughs> Some of these are weird. So, Genital Jousting, first of all, that's just hilarious. <laughs> but is that a game or is he, was that a just beat it under a different, uh, different activity? Also, don't beat kids. I've told Frantic <laughs> this. I've told him not to do it. There he is. He's just, there he's done it again. My God. He just doesn't listen. But yeah. He doesn't listen. Kudos to Frantic. Listen. Good job, buddy. I'm, I'm a little worried about Corpse Flood. Did he break up with it? Were we, when we left him off that tweet mistakenly <laughs> last time, Was is he upset? Is he mad? We'll have to reach out to his Corpse Flood. We do love you. We hope you're well. Yeah, hey, I feel a little bit bad because it's uh, Frantic out there. I know you, you made a push to be the poly killer this time around and then here it is it happens to be on a freaking off week for corpse flood so we don't even know if you would have made it in time hey landslide victory though i mean let's that's true you know, let's not take anything away here there was nobody even close to frantic society this time yeah he's a polykiller three times over right on right on uh okay let's get into some beat tweets we got haunted mouse from mauser tv well, that's a super fun game in the books. Just knocked out the Turing test. Fairly short puzzle game with an Overlord AI theme. Think Portal, but with circuitry puzzles instead of physics puzzles. Also on Xbox Game Pass. So the Turing test. Have you played that? No, but it's been on my wish list for a while now. It seems cool. Yeah, I agree. Speak of the devil, we have Frantic Society. Here's a mobile game I've been meaning to try for years. I'm so glad I finally did. Each puzzle in Monument Valley is based on shapes and geometry similar to MC Escher. The music and atmosphere in this game are wonderful, and it wasn't too challenging. And I'd agree with that. Uh, I love Monument Valley. Really phenomenal mobile game. Very cool. I didn't. Uh, I guess I didn't realize it was a mobile game. Interesting. Uh, up next, Caleb J. Ross, uh, esteemed podcast co-host of the Tales of the Lesser Medium podcast. Check it out. He beat The Order 1886. This game got a bad rap at launch as for being short, uh, overly cinematic, and with combat limited to corridor shooting and quick time events. All those are true, but I'd love to see another game in this universe. That's another one. People tell me it looks great. It's kind of short, which I'm into these days, and it's it's all right. So I, I might try to play this one soon. Yeah, me too. It's, it's funny because everyone knocked it for being short at the time and the farther along you go into the future the more a short game becomes appealing so that just that weakness becomes a strength yeah absolutely all right we got disposed hero at the disposed hero costume quest 2 fairly simple and straightforward rpg from double fine with a halloween theme a really fun and charming game highly recommended that's cool good to hear that the second one's good i've played the first one and liked it so I will look forward to the second. I didn't expect a Halloween theme, so good choice of, of playing it in this October. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, all right. Up next, once again, hey, you beat a lot of games, you get a lot of beat tweets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Josh Leslie at Frantic Society. Uh, he, he prefaces it with uh, not safe for work. Let's see what goes on here. The characters in this game are giant dicks. Huh. Oh, there it is. Literally. And they have buttholes. Okay. Dicks with buttholes. Let's see where this is going. Genital jousting is known for its multiplayer, but the single player storyline is genuinely sweet. Not kidding. This game was absurd, gross, and a good time. And that looks like a Devolver Digital uh, Especial right there. I see it written down there in the left corner of that tweet. So that's cool. Uh, I, I think I've heard about this game. And this sounds like a game, you know, We, if you've listened to the show before, you know us. Uh, we have this party every few months uh, called Video Geddon where we all get together and as grown adults and, and spend a lot of time in a grown man's house who actually, he has he has a full-time job. You know, he's living his best life. But we we tear it up like we're a bunch of 11-year-olds on uh, Mountain Dew <laughs> and play just video games all weekend. And this looks like the type of game we would all sit around and play and just giggle, 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 giggle. So I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Giant dicks with buttholes, genital jousting. Sign me up. Yep. And the only time I've ever seen this game was at a party. So that checks out 100%. Also, I right feel on. like there's a pretty easy joke that sort of writes itself about genital joust being known for multiplayer, but the single player is good too. I'll kind of, <laughs> I'll kind of just leave that one in everyone's hands. Yeah, there you go. All right. Next up, we have Marshall at Boomer Pixels, who I believe changed his handle recently. If I'm not mistaken, this was previously Surflin One, who's previously been featured. It just makes me feel like we have more listeners, which I appreciate. So everyone change your names for next week so we think that we have doubled the amount of people. If you'd be, be so great. kind as to change your pictures, too, so that we have no way of knowing, that would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, that'd be sweet. But we got Just Beat It, Star Wars Squadrons. I have to say I really enjoyed it. The story of the rivalry between the two commanders kept me coming back to see what was going to happen. The combat was great, and the scenery was breathtaking. Now, on to the multiplayer. All right. Star Wars. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Up next here, we have old Dean, Big Daner. Round two, gaming. Just wrapped up Agent A from the team over at Yakando, Yakandco, Yakandco, <laughs> Yak and Company, probably, now that I'm reading it closely. Gotta say, it's just what I needed. A spy-themed point-and-click puzzler with some great logic puzzles and a get-smart-style flair had me breaking out the old pen and paper on more than one occasion. And uh, good job, Dina. I like a game that, that sometimes gets me to take some notes, you know? Kind of fun. Yes, indeed. I, I Any game where I, I end with a few, like, crazy scrawled out bits of notebook paper ripped up next to the TV or next to my controller is a is a win for me. Absolutely. Well, what do you say we put you into the hot seat for a second and see if you make it out all right? All right. All right. Let me plop down here. Plop. Okay. All right. Are you more of a Pixar guy or a DreamWorks guy? Whew. I think I got to go Pixar. And I'm, I feel like I'm 100% basing that on the intro animation because that little lamp is so cute. Hmm. Just going to leave Kung Fu Panda on the side. I understand. Okay. Well, yeah. and I'm going to look for an answer for each of these three. What's the last video game, movie, and book that you purchased? Well, the last game that I purchased actually is uh, going to come up in the next segue, so I'll just briefly mention it now it's a very sought after in 64 game mm. or not sought after very it's not sought after at all i should rephrase it's a very <laughs> rare and expensive in 64 game uh i'll talk about that in a minute uh did you okay and the other ones were did you say movie and book yes okay book uh today actually uh, does audible count yeah it's 2020 yeah thank god uh it was uh it's called fiend 
and it is about, it's written by Harold Schechter, one of my favorite true crime authors. It's about the youngest uh, serial killer ever, Jesse uh, Pomeroy from the late 1800s. Uh, he was he was quite a fiend, a little bit of an asshole, that guy. And movie, huh? Purchase is interesting because that's that's a purchasing a movie is is not a thing that's happened to, for many people in quite some time, I think. But um, you know, lately, I don't know if this counts, but. The first thing that I can watch that I, or the last thing that you can watch that I purchased was uh, the first season of Faulty Towers from Amazon Prime. Uh, that I, I bought and downloaded that because they used to have it on there and they took it off. So I had to just own it to watch it. I've never even heard of that. So you could be lying and I would never know. John Cleese. John Cleese. All right. So good. Oh, it's so good. All right. If you could only pick one and the other one disappears from existence. Would you keep street lights or street signs? I would keep street signs. Because street lights, getting rid of street lights would, number one, eliminate my job, which would be great. And signs tell you what to do. Lights just help you see. I think we need to tell people what to do. So that's my choice. If it got rid of them, though, couldn't you just reinvent them and suddenly you'd be, like, top of your field? It's true. I didn't even think of that as an option. But, I mean, there's there's yet another pro to, to my choice. What about, uh, what's your favorite weather? Favorite type of weather? Oh, man. I actually, you know, a lot of people give me some shit for this, but I like it really hot. I'm a big lizard boy. I gotta have my hot rock. I like to be sweating all the time. I like it sweltering hot. A lot of people will go out on, like, a cloudy day and be like, this is my jam, and it's like 63, and I'm in nine hoodies. <laughs> I like it. I like it that, you know, if I could walk around with, and I don't, but if I'm like, you know, if I had my shirt off right now, it'd be awesome. That's the kind of weather I like. Just the aspirational weather that, like, if I were hot, this would be great. Uh-huh. Like, if I were sexy, this would be great. I, there's few things in life that sound less appealing to me than ever taking off my shirt. In No, I agree. For any reason. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I did not make this question up on the spot, but you created an excellent segue into it. Which animal is most similar to the Nintendo 64? <laughs> Why Why does the gecko come? Am I thinking of Gex all of a sudden because I just said lizard? I must be. I don't think that's the right answer. Mm-hmm. Maybe chameleon because of all the different colors that it can be. My gut when I wrote the question was elephant, and then I think I landed on because the controller kind of looks like an elephant's head. I see it. Unbelievable. That's, very, that's actually very good. I, uh, I like that. Yeah. But uh, you know what? I'll take lizard too. That's good. Appreciate it. So you brought up last game purchased, and that is a big deal because today I went and purchased a game from my local game store. My, my local game store, the same place you bought Earthbound, mm. Super Game Station. You can visit them online, supergamestation.com. And actually, this is funny because I follow them on Instagram, and a lot of times that's how I know he gets new stuff. He'll he'll he's like, "Look what just came into the store," and take a nice picture of some trade ins. And that's usually when I just text him dibs, 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 dibs on everything that I saw in the picture. Because I don't want him to have anything in that store for more than 24 hours if I want it. <laughs> so basically, um, I didn't see the picture. I was at work. And Jake actually, Jake of all people, uh, who doesn't collect video games and, and doesn't believe that any video game older than a year old is worth anyone's time, he sent me a picture and was like, hey, man, did you see that John, our buddy, just got this into the store? And I said, well, because I knew right as soon as I saw the picture, I knew that I was probably going to buy it. And I knew it was going to be a lot of money. And it just so happens to be Super Bowling for the N64. Mm. Now, I'm a big N64 collector guy, you know. 
And uh, there's a few at the top tier. There's a handful at the top tier that are super expensive and hard to get. I know it's foolish. I should be trying to get my uh, young daughter through college at some point. But hey, yeah. she's you know we we got time. Um, yeah, so I, I bought that. I did. I I ransacked my house looking for every duplicate of anything that I owned <laughs> to to get that price down. I I had like a pair of headphones in there. I had a couple of Nintendo Powers without spines. I had like old manuals that had like shit written all over it. I was like, <laughs> please, I just need to get this get this price a little bit lower and i was able to he gave me he gave me a good deal as he usually does and i'm happy with it so uh, i do have that holy grail almost it's close right there in the old collection beautiful sorry if i missed it i was following them on instagram but did you say how far you are away from the complete n64 set uh whew, that's a good question see it, i guess what is it what is it 296 yeah is that the full i think i'm at 253 but there's a few in there that I could get easily, like sports titles that mm. I'm just waiting to get. You know, I'm waiting for an old lady's grandson to die, and she just has a bucket of them for 50 cents a pop. She just shovels into my cart. I'm waiting for that <laughs> day at the flea market. But I know that it's going to be hard to wrangle in some of those big boys up top. So I had to bite on this because I haven't even seen a Super Bowling in person before. So I had to get it. Super Bowling is the only one of those, like, really, you know, Super Bowling stunt racer, that kind of, like, mm-hmm. weird top end. The only one of those that I ever distinctly remember seeing in a blockbuster like i i can recall a time where i opted as a child not to rent it the other ones i feel wow. like were just invented later on to cost money <laughs> that's how i feel about some of these games yeah now was do you know was super bowling a rental only i don't and i feel like a lot of times for almost all of those top end n64 games the rumor swirls that they were rental only and so i'm usually hesitant to commit to saying that it was but it right well i I only ask because you mentioned blockbuster and then when i picked up the game i i tend to ask for the backstory for some of these rare ones and he said it came from a guy in ohio whose dad got it from a blockbuster or a rental store of some kind when it was going out of business many many years ago interesting so it traveled pretty far to get to me yeah but very cool cool yeah, I'm I'm uh, pretty excited about it. Getting close. You do, do you have a Super Bowling? I don't have a Super Bowling, but uh what's what's your big in 64 boy? My biggest boy? Um Yeah. Uh probably the second Goemon. Okay, I don't have that one. It hurts I for whatever like broken neurons that fire in my brain. I'm a complete inbox person. So something like oh. a Super Bowling is like so so yeah, far out of my reach that like the disconnect between fun and cost i will probably never balance oh, that man. out you're a cib boy oh my gosh i didn't know that about you and that's very interesting mm, i am but uh, i am not i'm a loose cartridge man except for except for uh ds and and switch stuff i have to have the box for some reason nonsensical rules i make up to to make it all go down better okay let's jump into the discussion here we got five scary games that weren't meant to be. So you have a top five, I have a top five. And I thought that this list was actually pretty fun. We we mentioned this in the chat. We we're like, well, you know, it's still October. We could do scary games next week, which we may do. But it's like we still we need a, we need an idea that kind of fits this week. And you brought this one up. And at first, I was like, that's a good idea. But no games came to mind. Mm. But then after some time of sitting down with it, it was actually a pretty easy list to come up with. 
Yeah. More so than I imagined. Did you have the same experience? Exactly the same. And I would say that the theme of my list really came out to be, damn, I was a stupid kid. Like, Oh, your kid stuff. A lot of my stuff has been... I would say most of my stuff I've I've been spooked by in my adult years here. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Why don't you take us uh take us into it with your number 5? Okay. So my number 5 here is going to be Metroid. And mm. uh this is a game that was, you know, scary for a number of reasons as a kid because one it was hard as shit. So yeah. like every new screen you got to, there was something waiting to kill you. So that was kind of creepy, but the music I think is what does it. Mm-hmm. It's very discombobulating, disorienting. It's not really music in a sense. It's kind of noise uh for good good portions of the game. But I also think, you know, it's 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 dark, deep, scary backgrounds. Uh, the bosses that you get to are creepy. I don't know. I just think it's it, it's riffing obviously heavily on Alien, which is a horror thriller. I think it's uh, it's one of those that is more intended to be a fun puzzle adventure, but ends up being quite a, a horror game. If your imagination lets it go there, I know it's only eight bits, but it, it can be kind of spooky. I felt the same. That was uh, it's not on my list, but it was close for Super Metroid. Similar vibe. Something about, yeah, I I think it really is the music that does it for that one. Something about Mm. that just feels a little oppressive. Plus, you know, you're most of the game takes place underground. You're you're claustrophobic. You're you're squeezed in. So, right on. All right. So for nine number five, it is Majora's Mask, specifically the intro cutscene up to where you meet the mask salesman. I remember. I mean, I was excited for this game as a kid. I pre-ordered it. It was the first game I ever remember pre-ordering. And I brought it back to my sister's apartment to start it up because she wanted to watch me play it. And I remember I was going through the intro and I was excited. I was having fun. But like, I was legitimately getting nervous and like trying to put on a tough face and act cool in front of my sister (laughs) and my mom who was there. Where I was like, I'm going to keep playing through this game. But in the back of my head, I was like, this is a bit much right like some something about the visuals or that like his weird smile or like the fact that he had a backpack full of different faces on it it just it unnerved me it it, it just sticks with me to this day you know that that goes in well with my number four which is actually majora's mask oh <laughs> there yeah. you go yeah look up i mean have you ever just been hanging out and then just looked up and that fucking moon's like right there no it's like oh my god it's creepy, and I agree that the mask salesman, it just, and this is a game that I, I haven't beaten it, but I started playing it uh, probably four or five years ago at this point, it was my first and only, like, deep dive into it. So I was a full-blown adult, 30-year-old man, mm-hmm. and it, it gave me the creepy deepies when I played it at night, like the moon especially, but I was also, at around that time, uh, getting into hearing more about the true life uh, serial killer, he's barely a serial killer, Ed Gein. He was mainly a grave robber that would just wear the the flesh of corpses he would dig up, and he would just make lampshades out of people's knees and shit. Um, that, I was taking that story in around the time I was playing this, and the mask salesman just could, I just had to think of Ed Gein, like Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre, like how does he have all these faces? Why does he have a permagrin? All the, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's creepy. There's no separation either. You, you... In most cases, you watch someone die or you see their ghost and then the cutscene, like they'll disappear <laughs> and their face falls to the ground and then you just pick it up yeah. and wear it. Uh, it reminded yeah. me of something from like Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark, which for the age I was at at the time was like top of my mind scary. Hell yeah, I agree with that. All right, what's your number four? All right, so my number four is Diablo, specifically the mm. butcher fight in the first Diablo. 
I, I was a little bit older, you know, I was getting towards my teens when I was playing the original Diablo, but I remember walking into the second floor of that first dungeon and that dude comes barreling through that door and he's all like pink and fleshy and he's holding this big cleaver and chasing you around and the controls are like kind of hard to navigate with any kind of efficiency so you're clicking and like smashing that button as hard as you can <laughs> and your character's not running any faster away and it just ah it, it it's that classic being chased by something fear that that came out even in, when the game wasn't specifically designed to try to invoke it very neat yeah i haven't i don't have much experience with that but uh that does sound like a good time mm-hmm. good scary unintentionally scary time uh next up for me my number three minecraft really yeah especially down you know once you once you get out of the overworld which is can't be spooky i mean at night you got the creepers coming up you know all that but something about being down in those big empty caves and i remember i got pretty hooked on that game for for a little bit and there were some times i played it well into the wee morning hours and just be by myself and it would just kind of spook me out being down there, especially, you know, you got the, what is it, the Slendermen that hang out, and there's some creepy stuff going on, man. I know it's very rudimentary, but I think it's games like that that let my imagination fill in the blanks, Yep. and I, I start spooking myself, yeah. I think Minecraft has some creepy qualities. I would definitely agree with that. Same thing as Metroid 2, you know, you're, it's an enclosed space most of the time, because you probably just dug a tunnel straight down to get to wherever you are. Hell so, yeah. That's that's spooky. All right, my number three here... And this one, this more than any of them, I couldn't really explain to you fully why this this unnerved me as a kid. But it's the statue level from Goldeneye. Okay. So I when I was first playing Goldeneye when it came out in what, 96, 97? I probably shouldn't guess mm-hmm. the year, only to be corrected, but um <laughs> I had never seen the movie. I, I was unfamiliar with the source material, so it was all fresh and new to me. And you come on this statue level, which it, it takes place at night. The N64 is already super rich with fog, so it's this kind of spooky, foggy night. It's got this, like, not intentionally, but coming across this sinister song playing because it's sort of like spooky minor key bond music. And, yeah, something about that that open area running around all the different, like, um, train cars and stuff in that statue level, it just... I don't know. It just it, it gave me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies. I can see it. I can definitely see it. I, I think I would agree with you. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. What what do you got for me? Uh, so my number two here is going to be What Remains of Edith Finch. Mm. So, and it, it's actually, not to spoil my number one, but it's very similar, similar reasons as to why. But it, there's a lot of like on edgeness, like you don't really know where it's going to go. And I'm not going to spoil the, the game or anything. Um, but you know, it's, it's just the vibes, you know, you're alone and it's a big creepy house and I'm just waiting for, cause I don't really know where the story's going to go, where it's going to take me. I'm just kind of waiting for the big payoff and I'm always afraid it's going to be just something I don't expect, like, like a jump scare or something. Cause it moves so slow and it's so calculated, you know, even though I know the game is not like in the horror genre, still very tense the whole time. You know, there, there's some feels, there's some emotions the game elicits on its own, but I was waiting to just be, I don't know, I was waiting for like a guy to bust out of a door with a chainsaw yeah. or something. It just, it had that heaviness of it. Like, okay, 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 I got to go to the, got to find the next room. What's going to be in here? Oh God, oh God, oh God. So <laughs> I know what you're saying. And, and some of the, 
the story beats in that game they border up a little more literally on horror too they don't yeah, they don't quite sure. ever get there so i i feel you my number two is actually pretty similar and i'm wondering now if it's your number one that's gone home I, and I, this maybe is a little bit cheating because it's not super clear to me if this was the intention of the designers or not, but something about walking around that empty house with the, the lightning and the thunder crashing and you don't know what's going on, especially when I played it because this is the first first person experience type game I had played. So I didn't really have like a full concept of what my expectations should even be. And so I think I sort of default back to what I am familiar with, which is a horror game. And so Mm -hmm. you play through this whole thing and it just, it has that just a constant tension, especially, you know, you go down to the basement and oh my God, it's just, it, it freaked me out the first time. And that's, I'm not really sure that it was supposed to or not. I still don't know. I am 100% with you. You are right. That is my number one. And I agree. I, I'm very unclear still to this day of whether it was supposed to be intentionally to scare you the whole time, which I, maybe it is. Maybe it is intentional to to make you think it's a horror game. And then, But I don't know. That, that seems like there – it feels like there would be a lot more people disappointed if they're like, check out this horror game, and then they play through that, and that's not what it ends up being. So maybe it's not. I don't know. But I did spend a lot of the time – you know, on the edge of my seat and I didn't stay in the basement very long. I spent a lot of that just trying to run through it. Like, okay, I need to get out of here. How do I get out of here? And there, it's kind of funny because after it was such a relief when I got through the end of it, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But once I got to, I was like, oh, thank God. My heart was beating like out of my chest. But the, um, the interesting thing is I, I saw that you could get an achievement if you, if you ran through the game in like less than a minute, which you can do. Oh, wow. Like, like, yeah, if you, if you, once you play through the game, you know where you should go and you could do that from the very beginning. Mm. So I, uh, I tried to do that a handful of times and it was scary as fuck still every single time, <laughs> even though I'm trying to like speed run it, I would spend most of my time running down the dark hallways going, Oh my God, 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 <laughs> and, until I got to where I needed to go. Like it is, they, they did a very good job of, and I can't put my finger on exactly why I've played a lot of games where you walk around in a dark hallway, but there's something about the vibes of that one that really trigger the the hair on my neck and stand straight up. Yeah, it's something I've always hoped that they would do is I'd love it if that studio for some Halloween one year just stealth dropped a patch for that game on steam or whatever <laughs> and patch in some legitimate like some freaking ghost that jumps out at you or something like that so that you go through you play it you you know what to expect as you've played it before and then it catches you off guard in the way you initially thought it would i always thought that'd be a good time that would be great actually yeah i'm, I'm all for that i wonder how many heart attacks it would cause we should we should maybe think about that too but who knows True, true. All right. Well, my number one might be cheating, but it's my list, so I don't care. Yeah, who cares? And my number one is Time Crisis 3. Interesting. it's not for anything in the game at all. So I mentioned before, but it's very relevant here, that I play a lot of In the Groove. And before I had a home cabinet, I would go to the arcade and I'd play a lot of In the Groove in the arcade. And in the arcade I was in... Right next to the the DDR, the In the Groove cabinet, was a Time Crisis 3 cabinet. And so you'd be playing a song, you know, you'd be you'd be dancing away, you'd be hyper-focused as you are in a rhythm game, you know, same in Guitar Hero, you're, 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 mm-hmm. you're, you're zoned in. Zoned. And some four-year-old would come up next to you, they'd throw a token into Time Crisis 3, 
when you're not expecting it. And all of a sudden, you just, just, da, 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 this horrible loud machine gun sound. <laughs> and if you're super focused on the song to not expect that, at least a dozen times in my life did it just send like this shot of adrenaline down my spine and I'd mess up the song and I'd have to start it over and then I'd have to deal with like the the little wave of like being mad at a four-year-old for two seconds before I realized that I shouldn't be and so Time Crisis 3 has scared me more times than any other non-horror game has but uh not for only for the loud sound effects in my ear as I'm playing something else (laughs) I think that's actually a good, I think it's a good enough reason for it to be on the list. I mean, it scares you and it didn't mean to. It's an unintentionally scary game. What I think though is interesting. You, you keep talking about you have this home cabinet for, um, for your, your, your dancing game. Is that something you're, you're ever going to, to put the camera on? At some point, yeah. We actually have a second capture card purchased that we are trying to get it all set up with, but. Mm. It it's a little bit trickier because it involves like VGA to HDMI converters because it's a real old PC that's sitting in the back of this thing. Um, and then the other hurdle is that we just don't have a PC to sit next to the machine to run the stream through. But uh, yeah, at some point in the future, you'll definitely get to see me moving around on the dance pad. Can't wait to see you from the chest down. <laughs> it's been too long. It's been too long. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for our top five list. I thought it was pretty good, actually. I had a lot of fun with that one because mm-hmm. uh, thinking outside the box, man, what what scared uh, what scared you when it didn't mean to? I mean, I'd be interested if, if other people listening out there have uh, an experience, even if it's similar to your time crisis one. I think it'd be fun to share those. So send those in if you got them. Polykillpodcast at gmail.com. But other than that, does that about do it for an episode? I think that'll wrap us. That'll wrap us right on up. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Once again, head on over to polykill.com. If you uh, if you like the sound of my voice, which uh, I'm sure you probably don't, but if you can stand it a little bit more, head on over there. There's more stuff, and uh, there's even some stuff over there with Steve on it if you want to check out that off-kilter that just released. All right. Well, until next time, I'm at Draft Plays Games. I'm at Blinkoom. All right. We'll see you. We'll see you.